1: Many people who find Georgia's website are searching for hypnotherapy for alcohol abuse, or how do I stop drinking alcohol, and how to give up alcohol. They may have the belief that quitting is the only way forward, until now. You may feel you need to stop because you don't trust yourself because of your history of drinking. However, Georgia can assure you that you have incredible resources within that can kickstart you into a painless, simple, drink-less journey. This is why her Ahead of the Game program sells all over the world. It's the middle ground of drinking, where you discover how to drink less alcohol without the long-winded, expensive, and old-fashioned methods that just don't work. You may worry that you can't be that person, but tens of thousands of people around the world, just like you, have turbocharged their confidence in their ability to drink less with this straightforward, no-nonsense alcohol reduction roadmap. Georgia knows you can experience these spectacular results even if you don't believe it right now. And remember, this method is scientifically proven to work. Valeria interviews Georgia Foster. She is a clinical hypnotherapist and voice dialogue trainer. Georgia qualified with distinction at the London College of Clinical Hypnosis in 1996. She also is trained in voice dialogue with the founders Hal and Cedra Stone, California, 1994. She then went on to become one of the college's senior lecturers before venturing out on her own to build her online products while running her busy London clinic. Georgia specializes in alcohol reduction, emotional overeating, self-esteem, anxiety, and fertility issues. Her unique and highly successful approach has helped tens of thousands of people learn how to feel better emotionally and physically. Georgia has published several books, including The Weightless Mind, The Drink Less Mind, Drink Less in Seven Days, The Four Secrets of Amazing Sex, The Stress Less Mind, The Fertile Mind. Her online programs are Seven Days to Drink Less, Believing in You, Emotional Resilience Training, The Weight Less Mind, and more. Georgia now resides in Melbourne, Australia with her partner, Ian, and triplet boys, Ollie, Finn, and Hugh. Georgia has been featured regularly in the media in Britain and Australia, including Sky News, GMTV, The Morning Show, 3AW, 2GB, Psychology's Magazine, Good Housekeeping, just to name a few. Georgia speaks regularly at conferences and networking events, as well as her own seminars in Australia, USA, and the UK about the power of the mind and how negative thinking is a habit we can unlearn. Meet Georgia at georgiafoster.com. Here's the interview with Georgia Foster. Georgia Foster
0: your own words, who is Georgia Foster?
2: I'm an Australian who specializes in helping people change their relationship with food and alcohol. I specialize in people who emotionally overeat, overdrink, and really get themselves into a bit of a bad rut. And having had a history of emotional overeating and drinking, I felt in my 20s I had to go on a, a journey, I guess, to find out who I was and why I wanted to hurt myself so much. And then I discovered this amazing psychology, which blew my mind away, a Jungian psychology in California. And I studied there for some time. And then I went to London and became a hypnotherapist. And it was the first time I kind of thought, oh my God, it was just like falling in love. I just realized that this was a really good way of getting myself into a really good space about myself. And also with, I guess I really wanted, what I wanted to do was to, help people improve their self-esteem, because I believe that self-esteem is the, is the core to what really is going on for people, whether it's food or booze or exercising too much or negative relationships. And so I really was on a, a journey to find out who, who I was so I could help other people go on their journey as well.
0: Are there different kinds of hypnotherapy, Georgia, and you practice one or there's just one kind? That everybody practices well. The, the hypnosis
2: is is a space you go into, you know, the alpha theta state. It's what you do there that makes the difference. So, I'm very much more a progressive therapist rather than regressive. I'm, I mean, you know, I'm not dissing people who want to do regress regression work. It 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 works for a lot of people, but I find I go more on the neuroplasticity side of things that the brain is adaptable to change. So I'm really much about that your mind can move on. It just needs the right tools and to break. That historical moment where it's causing you the grief and really start a new platform in your mind. I mean we all have we're all born in the same neural pathways, but the thing is that some of them are just too overworn and they go to that you know the amygdala, the 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 scary part of the brain where we feel scared and anxious. And what I'm saying is that you know who you are as a person is not your habits. your habits are just something that you created at the time, you know, feeling vulnerable or feeling lonely or bored or whatever it is. And then you think, oh, you know, We say when you're bored, you, you tend to negatively think. And when you negatively think, you tend to think bad things about yourself, obviously. And then you might sabotage yourself by food or booze. But the interesting thing about alcohol is that that it shuts down the critical part of the brain. So a lot of people, when they're drinking, are trying to run away from negative thoughts or feelings. So my hypnosis is very much about the neural pathways and making those changes that we really you know we need to tap into that emotional part of the brain that runs the show not the conscious mind so i'm working very much more on the forward rather than regressive as i said that you know i think that what we've got to remember is we we create habits when we they're not they may be helpful at the time but long term they can be quite detrimental whether it's exercise whether it's food or booze and so hypnosis is a beautiful tool cut to the chase. So for example, if you do, you know, talking therapy, that's brilliant. And sometimes regurgitating can cause a big problem with people. And I'm really about, well, let's find a way to move on. Let's get your mind to work in that positive neural pathway that supports you to feel good about you.
0: With that in mind, a question that comes to me, I think I have asked before, it's about the difference between habits, belief systems, and values. Do you make a distinction between them?
2: Well, beliefs are really our habits that we carry forward like no one's born a racist Um, you know we're not born you know we're we're indoctrinated by things and and that can be by parental guidance, school systems, media and so beliefs aren't ours they're what we inherit from what we think is the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do. Values are really more about the emotional you know I think they're more of integrity and more about um, who you are and your values are generally, we assume that they're good. You know, they're termed, I think, positive things. But I think habits are just things that we we feel we can't get rid of, but you can with the power of hypnosis, which is really good. And I think hypnosis is a really good cut-to-the-chase way of making that change.
0: As I said to you off record, I have interviewed lots of um, hypnotherapists here, and I have never engaged with hypnotherapy myself, but I'm becoming... Very curious these days, not for myself, because I have different practices for not getting rid of really, but just kind of um, becoming more aware and almost like befriending those, any negative thought or habits. So it's almost quite the opposite. Instead of um, trying to get rid of them, I befriend them. I understand where they are coming from. And a lot of times I just let them express themselves. Of course, I'm um, minimizing the, the damage, but um, that's a different kind of um, technique that I use myself. But I know how powerful it is. I have talked to so many people and it made me curious about um, smoke. I have somebody in my family who smokes a lot. Would that work for smokers too, Georgia? Yeah,
2: absolutely. I'm trained in a great psychology and the psychology is that we're all made up of many parts and there are some personality traits that literally drive us to unhealthy habits. And so befriending is a really good way of looking at it. And, you know, I believe that there is an inner critic in all of us. It's the judgmental critical part that makes us feel really bad about ourselves, crap about ourselves. And so what I'm saying is you can't get rid of the inner critic, but you need to learn to manage it. Because there are other beautiful parts that you know, authentic part, that ha- happy part, that intuitive part. That's the part that knows how to go to that lovely part of the brain, the prefrontal cortex, and it's really the part that knows how to look after people. So I'm not saying I agree with you. We need to be friends with, with the aspects of us, the dark side, I guess you could call it. But it's really about honouring that we all have those moments, but that we don't want to, we don't want to participate in being there too often, too frequently. We need to be in that good space where we feel good about ourselves. And that's really about, you know, the, that that intuitiveness, that wisdom, that authentic person that knows you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to drink perfectly, you don't have to eat perfectly,
0: you don't have
2: to exercise perfectly. But you just need to be more authentic to yourself, which I think is really important.
0: Mm, yeah, in a way, embracing all the sides, the parts of us. But yeah, as you said, with wisdom, I agree. How do you define success these days, Georgia? Oh,
2: well, I think it's when you wake up and you like what you do and you like who you are. And I don't think, I think we, we, we hold a lot of financial demands on ourselves to be X amount. But, you know, I, I think that bringing into that conversation is the, the word charisma. I know it's a very old-fashioned word, but I love that word. And I think that charismatic person knows that they're vulnerable, they know they're not perfect, but they can walk into a room and and just really, you know, have that emotional empathy. And I think that lovely balance of that emotional empathy with that, you know, um, social intelligence and that sense of wanting to belong to the world without having to control it. And I think that that's really about working together and, and not feeling that you're separate from people. Because I think that, you know, self-esteem is the key thing here. I think success is about honouring who you are and feeling good about who you are rather than thinking who you should be. And I think that's when the inner critic can kind of step in. When you, you know, I think people who, on the, I mean, I had a clinic in London for like 23 years, and in, as in in the UK, and I had so many successful people would come and see me. Obviously, I won't mention names, but and I was like, you know, you're such a different person. I would never say that to them, but really quite surprised that, their success, they didn't feel it within, they weren't owning it, because they don't think they felt that they deserved it. And that really comes down to self-esteem, or one could call it the imposter syndrome. And so it's really important to continue on with, you know, that, that if you want success, I believe, is that, you know, if you want to look at long term, if you want to be successful, money may be part of it, but it'll come to you more easily when you feel better about
0: you. Would you say that it becomes easier with hypnotherapy, Georgia, from your own experience, doing the inner work?
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I believe that self-esteem is something we need to learn. We're not born with it. So I think hypnosis is a really good way to to, to, to massage the mind, to really feel the energy of that positivity, feel that energy of the self-esteem. Because, you know, it, it's like a language. We need to learn it. We need to absorb it. We need to experience it. And I think a lot of people... Feel that oh my goodness that that person's really confident, but somewhere in their life they learned how to feel those feelings, and I really respect that. For some people, it could be a challenge, but I want people to know that it's 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 a learned behaviour at the end of the day. You know, you know why are some people positive, some people are negative. Well, it just you know the mind works on not what is right or wrong, it it works on what's familiar, and whatever somebody's familiar with they tend to default to. So hypnosis can really cut to the chase and say, well, that's your old default, but now we're going to create a new default, which is let's think from that intuitive place, like when you make decisions or you want to do something different in your life and you want to feel really inspired and motivated. It's just, you know, your mind has to have that right that's well, obviously, when you want to make a change, there's a little bit of courage involved. I mean, that's 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 one point involved, but you know what? That little bit of courage can go a really long way. And so, I'm saying is if you really want to be feel better about yourself and you want to feel you know in tune with the world, if you've got to realize that you are an authentic person and who you are is amazing. You know, you don't need the shoes, you don't need the handbags, you don't need the of course, they're lovely if, you, if that's what you like. But, you know, I was just watching about a, a very well-known footballer in Senegal was saying the other day, I don't want to have 10 houses on the coast. I don't want to have all these houses. You know, my sign of success is to give it back to people. And that could be your way of doing it. But I think ultimately is, you know, we, we're here to have a good time and to really enjoy who we are. And I think that's part of
0: the self-esteem, and the success. Mm, wow, I love that message. Would you say that that is the purpose of the human experience to enjoy ourselves and know who we are?
2: What is that saying? We're here. Uh, what is it? We're, we're here for a spiritual experience in a human body or something like that. I remember something like
0: that. Yeah, <laughs> that, that we that, are. Spiritual beings having a human experience. I think that was. That's it. Thank you very much for that, Valerie. Yes, absolutely
2: right. And I think that's the point is, you know, we we we're here to. Look, I think that ultimately. in in particular this time on the planet, I think we need to be more honourable about lifting our vibration. And that way, the best way to do that is to lift up our optimism and to lift our our trust and our belief because human nature is incredible. And the more that we, you know, and I really it comes down to community as well because I think that we need to be really more connected and to, because energy, and actually, you know, going back to that charisma thing, um, I always say that you know if you want to really watch what people, who they are, like like focus on somebody who's really authentic and somebody who you really aspire to, is just look at what they do and, 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 and see who they are as a person, because they're not going to be perfect. And I think that's the big thing about it. We have these grand expectations that when we get there, that everything's going to be brilliant. And actually going back to my audience, I think a lot of people who drink too much say, oh, when I get to my 30s and I'm married and I've got children, I will deal with it then because in your 20s it's acceptable to drink too much and it's all funny and whatever. But then people get to their 30s and they think, actually, you know what, I'm married, I've got the kids, it's not changing. And then they get to their 40s and I think, oh, maybe I should do something about this. It could be weight, it could be anything, you know. And I think we get to a stage in life we think, I don't want carry this anymore I want to shift from this I want to be who I really am and this is not who I am this is something as said that I've carried forward and so I think it's just a lovely when people kind of realize that they don't need all these you know these these habits that hold them back and and I think also a lot of people use these habits as an excuse not to get on you know like I, I can't do it because I haven't lost the weight I can't do this because I'm not um Rich enough, or haven't got enough education, or you know, all these things that that the inner critic will stop people from pursuing success. And I think that that's a big part of it too. We all need to be honourable that that you know that in order to to aspire to things, we have to obviously go out of our comfort zone. But to realise that once you get that inner critic in check, which is what I do, whether it's food or I have a self esteem program called Believing in You, and it's exactly about that. It Just really, you know, we have an inner critic. We can't get rid of it. You know, they call it the reptilian part of the brain, but it's starting to learn to manage it rather than it manage you. And that makes a big difference to people's success.
0: I love the way you say that too. I'm managing it so it doesn't manage you. Somebody said that um, recently in one of the interviews I hosted, she said, what you're not aware of will control you. So that kind of resonates. I mean, I think it's the same message. The one that you uh you just mm. expressed. Now, we talked about spirituality just for a moment about being spiritual beings. Do you have any spiritual ideas, views, or belief systems, Georgia? Um,
2: that's a good question. I I'm not religious, but yeah. I very much believe in God and a higher power. Mm-hmm. So I I do pray. Um, I do a lot of gratitude work. I'm very much a firm believer in um you know who you are who you think, and that that can change obviously. so I always say to people, you know if you if you're using your your work or your family life, for example, a lot of people use their children for their self-esteem este- self crutch, or my child's got this or that. You know, you're really taking yourself away from who you are, and I think that's really what I'm trying to say, is, <clears throat> excuse me, is that spirituality for me is feeling... Um, that you you're not you're not you're not scared to be who you are. You, you sometimes obviously you get vulnerable, but I believe that there is a higher being. I believe that we're all part of it, and I believe that we are all God. That's that's how I believe, and that's why I I'm very much about love and. Hanging out with people who are good for you. I mean, you know, look, I call it like at Christmas time, you get the covered relatives come out you know, and, <laughs> yeah. and you're like, oh, how did you go? How was your year? And how are you going yeah. <laughs> to, you know, which obviously can drive a lot of people to drink and to eat too much because they're feeling really bad because, oh, I didn't do this or whatever. And I think that we need to, to honour that. External critical people have low self-esteem, and so I'm about saying, you know, you've got to shield yourself and protect yourself to keep your uniqueness because that's who you are and that's who you are born to be. So I think it's important to to really work with that and to honour that. This is, you know, it, obviously it is a journey, and you're very much a believer of that. And it just, but what you want to do along the way is you do want to have fun, you know, and 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 you're going to have your milestones and your baby steps and your, oh my goodness, I've done the right step. But ultimately is that, so I have this, I have this thing, I have, I have triplet boys and they, and I have this really I have this thing I say to them, you know, you've got your your you've got your grumpy monkey, which is your inner critic, right? And I, I go back to basics for a lot of people. And your grumpy monkey is when you're feeling scared or you're feeling like, you know, that maybe that person's not being nice to you. But remember that they've got a grumpy monkey that's making them do that because they're not feeling good about themselves. But when you go to your happy heart, then you just say, Well, that's them, not me. And that's the way they want to behave, that's fine. So you know, like a woman, woman on my who bought my Seven Days to Drink Less program the other day said, you know, George, one of my biggest wine drinking sessions is I can't cope with my mother-in-law and I have to have that wine with me when I talk to her. And I know she's saying at the other end, I can I can hear her saying, oh, I bet she's drinking wine, you know, and she tries to pretend that she's not. And, and you know, these are all the things that, you know, that's, you know, why drink, to field her, to feed her, you know, and I'm, I'm, I think a lot of people, um and that goes back to codependency as well, but you know I think that you know we can't we can't fit other people's jigsaw puzzles, we have to fit ourselves, and I think that's really important. And I think it's important to honor that that when it comes back to really improving our sense of self-worth is we can't, you know we have to deal with external negativity, and the way I teach people is, just remember they've got stuff going on. It's nothing to do with you. It never is and
0: it never will be. You know What a wonderful insight and message, another one, Georgia, yeah, that it has nothing to do with us. It's really a challenge when it's they are part of uh, family members like in our house. For me it has been a challenge too for so long. And what I do is um, I work on boundaries. I have been I'm getting better at it now, but I was really, really lousy at that. Would we'll you say that's another suggestion that you would give to people who are trying to create like this more space for themselves in a the sense of knowing who we are so we don't kind of mesh with other people's energy and issues?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I call it shielding. And it's a really lovely top tip. What I would suggest before we go into any potential, I use the word hostile. I mean, it might seem a bit harsh because of people that you love. But not everybody has the same agenda as you. And I think that, uh, you know, and I think it's what I do is I say to my clients, you know, what you need to do is robe yourself. And it could be a beautiful velvet robe. It could be a bubble. It could be a light and, you know, I, I'm very much, I don't know, I'm not heavily into quantum, quantum physics, but I really love the whole theory of it, that we are energy, we're all energy. And I think that sometimes that we, you know, you know they, they call them the emotional vampires, is there are people out there who, and I always think that, you know, if somebody's critical or judgmental of you, secretly, they're a little bit jealous. You know, what is it about you that they want? And so it's not that you want to play that game at all. You need to honour and respect that's who they are. But, you know, in a way, love your enemies, um, be kind. And anybody who wants to bring up some negative conversation, the best way is to deflect it you know, the best way is to change the conversation. A lot of people in the psychology I'm trained in, there's a particular personality trait called the pleaser. And the pleaser is the nurturer. It's the person who likes to make sure one meal stretches to 10. It's the person that wants to make sure that everybody's okay. And the problem is that the pleaser leaves themselves last because they want to be loved, they want to be liked, they want to be supported, they want to be nurtured. And the problem is that the pleaser will, it can attract bullies, narcissistic personality disorders. And, you know, if a pleaser feels that they can't, a pleaser who constantly tries to please others will ultimately retreat to food and alcohol and un, unhealthy behaviours because it's their way of saying, they can be a bit martyrish too. I've done my bit for everybody. I'm going to close the door. I'm going to just be with me. And they, they you know, munch on some cookies or some wine or beer or whatever it is. And I think that, you know, we've got to start to please ourselves, start to nurture ourselves and honour that we can't meet the needs of everybody else all of the time. It's just not possible. We need to honour that and respect that. And so I'm very much about, and there's also the perfectionist part, which is unlike the pleaser is is driven by got to get it right. You know, um, they're either on a diet or they're binge or they're, Abstaining from alcohol or their binge drinking and they're not very good at the middle ground and they're not very good at being present. I mean, you could be a bit of a both. You can be, you know, a pleaser and you can be a perfectionist. You can be both. Um, you know, you'll probably resonate more with one side than the other, but bottom line is that, that, you know, the perfectionist is, is very much about getting it right. So they're not really good at failure. And so they'll be quite critical of themselves, whereas pleasers will be, they'll be, other people be critical of them. So, you know, people just be mindful of that, that, you know, uh, what I say is you've got your inner critic and you've got your pleaser and your perfectionist. But really what you want to do is get your perfectionist to start to perfect that harmony and that balance, where they don't have to be perfect. And I think this is going back to that family system, if you've got people who are critical and judgmental, that, that you know, whatever their beliefs are or whatever their agenda is or whatever their goals are or maybe are not, is that at some stage you have to take responsibility and say, that's them, it's not me. And once you start to take that responsibility and you don't let them infect you, and that's why I call it, when I call it the robing bit, you like robing or bubble, just breathe it in and just walk into a room. When they realize, this is what's really interesting energetically, when these people realize that they're not infecting you, they stop because they realize it's not working, you know? So it just takes a bit of courage to change that that relationship dynamic.
0: That's beautiful advice. Yeah, that's them, not me. It's creating that distinction, that separation in a way. Although I love to believe that everything is one and everything is connected, that I cannot disconnect myself from life itself. And everything is life. As you said earlier, everything is God. But yeah, there is a, this interesting dance that we can't somehow create the space to observe instead of merging with those all energies around us. Ah, uh, I'm learning that, Georgia. It has not been easy.
2: <laughs> it's work in progress, isn't it? I mean, that's what it's about, you know, and, and, and I think that's the thing, you know, we, we must always honour that it's never about that you've got it right, right, I fixed that problem, you know, I mean, it is, it's just really about saying, you know what, I'm going to be, I'm going to really look after myself emotionally, and being in this space of other people, I need to make a choice. And I think the thing about it, yeah, that, As we evolve and as we meet different people and dynamics of relationships, you know, I think the the thing about it is if that person doesn't make you feel authentic in yourself, then the relationship dynamic isn't right, you know.
0: You have written lots of books and also a program that we'll be talking about now. It's uh, the Seven Days to Drink Less, which is also the title of one of your books, Drink Less in Seven Days. So the same, same title, right? My
2: seven-day program It's an online hypnotherapy program for people who would like to to drink less. So I'm very much about Uh, look I do respect there are people who are who are alcoholics but I believe most people are emotional drinkers and that it is a habit you know it's it's it's, a lot of it's automatic so you know chopping the vegetables you think where's where did that two glasses of wine go where was I or where were those cookies you know that I'm you know so um and I have the weightless mind which is the same principle but really the seven-day program the book is a is a is a is a great program in itself. Um, It's not as extensive as the online version. The online version is, you can get it from my website, which is georgiafoster.com. And the seven-day program is really a journey about, you know, really understanding that self-esteem and anxiety is really tuning out of the anxiety and and improving self-esteem and changing those behaviors that trigger the drinking in a nanosecond. Um I've just launched a bigger program called the Boot Camp. It's a drinkless boot camp, which is a six-week program as well. And really uh, the six-week program is is much more extensive and it's much more involved. But the bottom line is that, you know, who you are as a drinker is not who you are. It's It really is an emotional habit that you can change. And, you know, Valerie, you're talking about exercise. Exercise is the same thing. We all, when the inner critic goes, oh, that person thinks you're whatever – uh, oh, I'll have a glass of wine, or oh, I'll do exercise, or just to burn the energy off, you know, just to get and and obviously, exercising gets those endorphins going. So it's really about honoring how to look after you, you know in better ways. and 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 the the you know all of the programs do that. You know for those who who it isn't a food issue or drink issue, my self-esteem program is amazing. It's called Believing in you, and I believe that. Self esteem is the key to everything that we do, you know, in mm. terms of how we move forward. It's a very important part of, of our journey.
0: That's amazing how you, yeah, you keep going back to that piece, the self esteem piece, how important it is, which goes back to believing ourselves, right, Georgia? It has to do with this inner confidence of knowing who we are and coming from that place, that authentic place. Which takes, it's interesting, it it, it is a a work in progress, because um, we have learned so much the other way around, that now we have deep program, almost like unlearn what we have learned.
2: Mm, That's right. That's right. Absolutely. I think that's the point is, you know, it's, we're all learning. I I think a lot of people assume, like, when I get to my 50s, my life will be sorted. And you get to your 50s and think, oh, I'm 56. thing. actually, that's not true. <laughs> you, yeah. know, it, you know, yeah. I mean, obviously, there are things you would like to feel that perhaps you've achieved. But if not, there's still plenty of time, you know. It's, it, it's, it's along the way, you know. It's just I think the most important thing is to hang out with people who are inspiring because it does rub off, definitely.
0: Is hypnotherapy for everyone or there are some people who you would advise not to engage with hypnotherapy for some reason. I mean, hypnosis is a
2: natural brainwave experience. You can't go to sleep without it. So, no, everybody is susceptible. I mean, some people, you know, if you actively go want to do hypnosis, you've already consented to it, you know. But, you know, I had this woman who... For the seven days to drink less uh, digital program, and she's like, Georgia, I, you know, I, I'll have to get a refund. You know, hypnosis. I went to the best hypnotherapist in the U.S., and she said I couldn't be hypnotized. I was like, Whoa! You know, you must be very tired because you can't go to sleep without going through the hypnotic stage. And she's like, Oh, really? Oh my God! I'll get. I'll go back to it because, you know, it's a beautiful brain of activity, and it's that window between being awake and asleep. It's a 20-minute it's a window. For some people, it's a bit shorter. Some people, it's a bit more. But it's a beautiful state that we all need to go in to go to sleep at night and wake in the morning.
0: So it's natural. It's not something that it's unnatural. It is forced. And I remember asking this question to somebody, having a therapist that I interviewed, that he said, the worst that can happen, he would just feel very relaxed. You would just relax. he <laughs> <laughs> said, that's the worst that could happen if you don't answer the answer for your questions. That made me laugh because uh, I think relaxation, I mean, it's funny, but it's not really funny because relaxation also is the foundation for healing, isn't it, Georgia?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's a beautiful thing to do. Like, you know, twenty-five minutes a day is amazing. With, I mean, meditation is fantastic as well. And meditation and hypnosis are the same brainwave activity. But unlike with, you know, a lot of meditations where you have to think of a mantra or work with your breath, is the people who have a very critical mind or, you know, don't feel they can relax. Is if you get a hypnosis recording and just put it on and just let the words flow into your mind is a really good idea. There's no pressure. You could just go with the flow and you can have a really busy mind. We can have a really relaxed mind or a little bit of both or dip in, dip out, you know, whatever is good.
0: I read about the program that you're offering, the seven days to drink less the description has the steps, and then I was reading about self-hypnosis recording, that that's one of the um, components of it, so we listened to it. That made me think about a guided meditation. I know you just mentioned meditation, and that's usually what I do, but it's the same thing in a way. It seems to me, I know what you do, it's a lot more focused. There is a purpose here, which is to drink less. And another thing that caught my attention was about not, nah, ending the drinking habit but just decreasing the drinking. Is that correct, Georgia?
2: Yeah, that's right. You know, I believe a lot of drinking is habit as well as emotional. So you know, five o'clock, one o'clock, three o'clock, cocktail clock, whatever it is, um is a habit. And I think a lot of people, because what what is interesting about alcohol is that alcohol shuts a critical part of the brain down. So people aren't getting hooked into the alcohol, they're getting hooked into the feelings that it's giving them. So, you know, what I'm saying is training your mind to be calmer before you drink through the hypnosis process really will train your mind when you're in that reality is that you're not drinking, you're not driven to drink, you know. Um, And it, it really, for a lot of people, it's pure habit. You know, a lot of it is to do with, loneliness, boredom, anxiety, and a lot of people drink for, for because they can't sleep at night. That's a very busy brain syndrome. You know, I cover all of those on my programs. And really the end of the day is that if you're if you're worried about your drinking and you don't want to quit, this is a really good halfway moment to go to because I believe most people, as I said before, are not alcoholics. I really do believe that there are some people, but the people I'm talking about is, you know, fully functioning you know my 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 client base is you know men and women who who really have, you know they've they're professionally successful they've got beautiful family lives they've got a home you know they're not sitting on a park bench they're fully functioning people in society and and good people in the community um, it's just that they know that they drink a little bit too much and they they know they want to cut back but they just don't know how they've tried they don't want to go into long term therapy Um, which is, I believe, sometimes can be unhelpful because then they start to label themselves. And I don't want people to be labeled. I want people, when they're in that better space within themselves emotionally, that they actually can decide who they are and who they are sober. And when you decide who you are sober and you like yourself sober, then you don't need to drink to run away from yourself as
0: much. I think you said drink to enjoy rather than escape your life. So the difference between alcoholics and emotional stress drinkers is that alcoholics are not functional. Is that what it is? Well, I mean, look, it's a very
2: tricky question. Um, I mean, I feel that you know, if, if alcohol is more important than your family life, if alcohol is more important than your your work life or money, or you know, I mean, I think a lot of people who are alcoholics have had very traumatic pasts have got to a stage where, um, you know. They, in terms of their brain, is is that the 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 neural pathways, I mean, nothing's ever hardwired, but you know it's a bit more of a journey. And I think there are people who just need to quit, you know. Um, but I'm not talking about those. I mean, obviously, you know respectfully, there are people out there who do need to quit, but you know I believe that there there are people who 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 are responsible people, who are amazing parents. You know, at the end of the day, they're cracking open that bottle of wine, you know, that, you know, the kids are going to bed and and drinking too much and using that as their form of entertainment, you know, because it
0: it's relaxing and it makes people feel better. That calls for self-awareness, right? We have to kind of know ourselves, observe ourselves and get to know what we are doing at a deeper level. But it absolutely helps to meet people like yourself, to do this work of hypnotherapy or therapy or any kind of uh, support that we can get. I really believe that, that we all need all the help that we can get when it comes to doing Mm -hmm. the inner work. It's fundamental from my perspective. So thank you so much, Georgia, for doing what you do, for this work and beautiful intention of healing other lives, healing people and helping them to recognize uh, that they can be better or do better and be happier. It's such a beautiful work. I have said that offline and then I I say this pretty much to everyone who does what you do, because it's very close to my heart for some reason. (laughs) Thank you so much again for your presence.
2: Well, thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. Any questions, anybody let me know.
0: Yes. So before we end the conversation today, I do have a few more questions for you, the ending questions. But before that, I want to uh, mention that I'll have the website, your website link on your podcast profile that leads to the program that you're offering along with so much more that you offer. And then uh, before I ask you these two questions, ending questions, would you like to add anything else that we haven't? discussed or we
2: left unsaid? No, upset. just, you know, yeah, just remember that you have an amazing mind and you can make incredible changes.
0: Mm, yeah, that's so encouraging and empowering. And I, I do believe that too. Thank you. And then the last questions, I'll ask you this one. What is true power to you? What comes to mind? Really liking
2: who you are. Once again, you know, liking who you are and realizing that, you know, you don't have to have a perfect life to feel empowered. I think it's just so important. You know, it's, it's the backbone to who we are um, and knowing that, you know, we have to, you know, change is good and adapting to change will just make your life so much better. It's just
0: that little bit of courage that makes the difference. And the support of others. Yeah, that really, really helps too. And my last question is what three experiences you wish everyone to have before they lose the body, before they die?
2: to feel real love, um, to know what it feels like to be loved, and to know that it's safe to be who you are before you drink, before you eat or exercise, to really enjoy your own company and who you are authentically.
0: It's uh, fascinating how often I hear that. One of the uh, the experiences to have, to love and be loved, to be loved by mm. someone, or sometimes even a pet or, or something. That really makes me go deeper into this whole experience called life, what we are here, love. It always comes back as the answer. Thank you for saying that again, Georgia. Before we say goodbye, where can we find more information about you, your work, products, services and future projects?
2: Sure. If you just go to my main website, which is georgiafoster.com, which is G-E-O-R-G-I-A Foster as in the beer, foster, And there you will find all of my programs there, the Seven Days to Drink Less, the Boot Camp, the Weightless Mind, and the Self-Esteem Program. I also have a really good anxiety program called Emotional Resilience. It's a whole, you know, I mean, the premise under all of them is really about managing your inner critic and tuning into that authentic you. That's what it's really about.
0: Thank you again. And I'll have the link on your podcast profile, and we'll talk soon. Bye for now, Georgia. Thank you so much. Bye bye, everybody. Bye.
1: Thank you for listening. To learn more about Georgia Foster and her work, please visit GeorgiaFoster.com.